You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fossey to Alvin Ailey, from Sondheim to Borellis, from McNally. It happened to the greats, it still happens every day When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know When lightning strikes, where you're meant to go You can stand and shout Eureka, do whatever you like You'll never forget the moment when lightning strikes Hello, this is Gerald Brunner and you are listening to When Lightning Strikes This is a podcast where we talk about the moment when your proverbial light bulb goes off, the heavens open, the seas part, you have that wonderful, heart-thumping, tingly, glorious mic drop moment when you discovered you had to be an artist. And today, I'm so thrilled that we have Katie Braben, who won an Olivier Award playing Carol King in the West End premiere of Beautiful. And just, this is just a few of her theater credits, uh, just a few. Girl from the North Country, Honor, A Walk on the Moon, The Spoils, My Mother Said I Never Should, King Charles III, American Psycho. And on television, she's been in Luther, The Alienist, Doctor Who, King Charles III, Vera. And you can now see her in the riveting film, a serial killer's guide to life. So welcome, Katie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is lovely. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) Where where are you right now and how are you staying fortified? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, isn't it? um, I'm actually currently in a cupboard um, (laughs) and uh, I've got my soft uh, sort of things around me because I I sometimes do some recording in here. So I've I've put myself in the cupboard with the door open. So hopefully the sound's okay. Um, And I'm in London. Um, um, How am I sort of keeping it together? Uh, I'm very lucky. I have a a lovely uh, boyfriend who keeps me sane at the moment. And uh, currently doing a lot of running and, uh, you know, well, I say running, jogging really, um, and reading and, yeah, just, you know, speaking to people as much as possible because, you know, it's, it's tough right now, isn't it? It's very tough. Not to sound so dramatic, but it's hour to hour, sometimes minute to minute. Some days it's, I'm just feeling like I'm a font of creativity and possibilities. And then some days it's, oh boy, what's going on right now? Yeah, it's so, having that sort of purpose taken away from you. So you sort of wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I have to 
sort of create something in my own brain, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to keep myself going. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I have been feeling that. Yeah, for sure. Because you were just in rehearsal for Jeremy O'Harris's play Daddy, right? Yeah, and... Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm really sad that the, I mean, th- there's, you know, obviously a hope for the future that maybe, you know, that it will go on, but, um, um, if, if it doesn't, I'll be really sad that people won't see, uh, these amazing performances that I got to witness in rehearsals, um, from, from the cast. Um, yeah, so we were just about to go into tech. So yeah, I think there was even a swimming pool sort of being constructed in the Almeida Theatre, um, which is no small feat. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, sort of sadly, um, not to be at the moment. Uh, but yeah, great to be in the room with, uh, Jeremy O'Harris and, uh, Daniel Tamor, who was directing as well. I mean, they're extraordinary brains, you know, were amazing to sort of, uh, witness in the room. So I feel like, um, I had some experience of, of working with them, which was uh, with better than nothing, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get back to that because I saw the play with Alan Cumming at a Signature Theatre in New York, and it was, oh gosh, it was so powerful and heart-thumping, and you're right, that set just took my breath away. Yeah, amazing, I, amazing yeah. set. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, such an interesting sort of, um, he, Jeremy Harris is such an interesting voice. And I think yeah. he's so playful and um, so interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I say, I'm to, to get the chance to kind of dig into that text a bit, even for, you know, three or four weeks was, was really wonderful. It's so extraordinary just to have that experience with him. Let's mm-hmm. let's go to your lightning strikes moment. When did you know, or were there f- several moments where you knew, you know, w- reaching back into your vault of when you knew, <laughs> you know, oh gosh, I have to be an artist. Well, you know, it's really interesting. Obviously, I know that uh, this is what this podcast is about, and I have been thinking about it a lot. Um, I have a terrible memory, so I don't have like a lightning strikes moment. And also, I feel like um, I, when I was younger, I mean, basically, I, I, I just, always, I feel like I've always known that I wanted to be an actor. I couldn't tell you when the moment happened. But I feel like, um, in a way, everything in my life from that moment, whenever that was, uh, is just like um, a test of that, if that makes sense. So, um, so I can tell you about moments where that has been tested, and I can also talk about sure. moments where um, I felt like that calling calling has been compounded. But I, but I couldn't give you an exact you know, lightning strikes, that was it. I, I just knew. Um, but I suppose going back through my brain, um, when I was, uh, when I was about 10 years old, I got to sort of share the part of Annie, uh, in, a <laughs> in a, you know, a, a, a very amateur uh, production, um, in Lewisham in the shopping centre. Um, so it was sort of bizarre, actually. I don't know if it still exists, but it was a sort of theatre, but inside a shopping centre. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's still there, but I don't think it gets used at all, which is a shame. Um, 
And it was a sort of three nights, and I think I played Annie once maybe in those three nights. But um, I can remember uh, my mum, because I, I cried when it was over, and I really mourned it. And um, I can remember being in the bath and my mum sort of soaping me down as I was crying, and she was like, and I remember her saying something like, well, if this is if this is how you react when you do drama, then I don't think you should do it anymore. <laughs> Which was kind of the opposite of um, how I was feeling because obviously I uh, sort of, you know, was so in love with, um, but not just being on stage, but I think for me, and it's always been about this um, since that moment, it, it's about the the coming together of people to create something, you know, like the camaraderie and, you know, the backstage stuff, as well as the onstage stuff, the, the learning, the, the growing as a person. And all of that for me is sort of tied up in, in theater specifically. Um, So, yeah, that was one of my sort of moments. Yeah. What made you go the step two to, to go, to follow the next, theatrical experience well I had I had really great teachers in secondary school um I had a great singing teacher I mean I should say that my my parents are are musicians um so I grew up with with uh listening to a lot of folk and blues music um they're specifically blues amazing blues musicians um so I was already sort of singing a, a very young age I suppose um uh, but I, but I knew I wanted to be an actor. It was sort of uh, more so than than a singer. Um, I can remember being at, at, at school, and I had this great singing teacher called Joanne Hansen. I had this great drama teacher called Margaret Wilman, and um, I, I mean, a few. I mean, they were just amazing. They just were very supportive, and um, I didn't know there was such a thing as a drama college really um, until uh, Margaret Wilman uh, told me about it, and. And I applied for two, I think. And I remember getting uh, the information through for RADA <laughs> and I just mm. threw it straight in the bin because I was like, just the thought of that was, it was too much for me. Like I didn't have that entitlement at all. I didn't think um, f- from hearing about it that I could possibly have even dreamed of going somewhere like that. So I sort of put that straight in the bin, but I did apply for two and I got into one luckily and um and yeah I mean it was it's been a slow thing for me like every place that I've turned up at whether it's drama college or a job or you know whatever venue I've uh, like worked at I've always felt this massive sense of wow like how did I this is amazing like I I got here I got to the National Theatre or you know I you know managed to get a job at the Almeida they're always I always feel huge sort of, uh, huge, I, gratitude is the wrong word, but, um, just uh, like so sort of passionate about it that wherever I end up, I'm just really like thrilled to be honest with you. <laughs> Was that the Rose Bruford? Bruford? Yeah, I went to Rose Bruford and, um, I remember when I applied, uh, I, 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 I did the acting musician course, so um, because I play instruments and I, I'm a songwriter as well, um, they're the, my two passions, you know. And I thought, oh, I get to put these two passions together. Um, I didn't realize that it was actually a course for people who are 
play instruments on stage. Uh, that was kind of a shock for me when I when I got there, and and that's what it was about. Um, I haven't actually done as a professional actor much acting musician work um, subsequently, but uh, I, I did love that you know at the time the course you know you just on a Wednesday afternoon you just all just played your instruments. It was great, you know, and um, I really enjoyed that. But it was it was the acting course with sort of a bit of music at the time, but I think it's different now. I wouldn't like to say what it's like now. I don't know. Are there roles that really stand out for you that you did there in school? Yeah, actually there was a, bizarrely, um, it wasn't a whole play, but I remember we did basically to push us, they, they gave us these roles that we would never sort of get given. And, um, one of them I remember doing with my best friend, David, and it was, uh, a scene from Blood Wedding and um, I was playing the mother and he was playing the bridegroom and it was just a scene but I remember um, you know because it's so far removed from you know these sort of very English people doing this Andalusian you know very passionate um, scene Um, I completely was so absorbed in the character that I don't really remember what happened when we performed it which is you know, it's something I'm always chasing, I have to say, as an actor and and, and very rarely uh, get to experience. But that feeling of that it just it's it um, it's outside of yourself, like it takes you away and um, you're so sort of involved in the character um, that that you kind of you know, you 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 give yourself up to it, really. Um, and that's why I guess I love sort of transformative actors and um uh, like to be able to try and do that as an actor myself. Yeah, because it's so fascinating to me when I think about the breadth of your of the roles you've played, the characters. You know, when you think about Carol King and then Lou, you know, and, like, <laughs> you know, and then everyone in between that you really you, you that you really dive in, you know, to whomever you're playing. Yeah, I think, well, that's, that's, um, yeah, I, I, I hope, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoy, um, how imaginative the work is, I think, um, uh, it's very hard to analyze it, isn't it, I suppose, um, but, yeah. but I, I love how imaginative it is, and actually, uh, the, the furthest away from yourself I feel in a way the more playful you can be and that doesn't mean that it doesn't that the character doesn't have shades of, of you in it but um for me to be able to be playful and um you know to fully delve in sometimes it's fun to play people who um are very different from you actually can you talk about your one of your first professional gigs out of school, how that happened, how you went from being a student to a professional? <laughs> oh, well, I feel like I'm still a student. And I don't mean that like, I know that sounds silly, but I, I mean, I like that. I just love, um, and this is what I'm missing at the moment. I love the fact that when you walk into a rehearsal room, you are just like at square one and you just get to like learn 
you get to learn about the time in which the play is set. You get to learn about the people. You get to learn about um, the history. And if it's something that's modern, you get to sort of delve into some extraordinary like um, personalities. And and I, f- yeah, I always feel like I'm learning. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of becoming a professional, ugh, I mean. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't mean to incite. <laughs> no, it's just like some of the some of the Happiness. first jobs I did were like pretty terrible. Um, I'm trying to uh, remember some of them now. Um, I mean, some of them were really good fun though. Like I had really good fun on some jobs that I did when I left college. I suppose I suppose the the job that um, really sort of pushed me um, uh, was. Funny enough, it was Mamma Mia doing playing Sophie and Mamma Mia, which was probably my biggest thing after college. And um, yeah, I found that incredibly challenging, actually. Um, and I think it should have been more fun than I made it because it's a really fun musical. But I think because I was very serious about uh, about acting, I was very serious about um, you know telling this young woman's story and. Uh, yeah, I, it taught me a lot, actually. It taught me a lot doing Mamma Mia, even though I think maybe I was a kind of square peg, peg in a round hole um, in that show. I, I definitely, I learned my limitations and my strengths, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that experience. And that was a big, that was the 10th anniversary production, right? Yeah. yeah. How long was it roughly after um, you graduated? that you landed uh, that role was a pretty I mean a, a, a while I mean it wasn't yeah. it wasn't um a quick thing and and also you know after that I didn't work for ages you know it's like uh, I always find it interesting you know you think that there's going to be this trajectory where you I don't know play a certain role or do a certain thing and then you're done it's fine everyone knows who you are you don't have to audition anymore you could just you know um enjoy enjoy yeah. sort of the work um but that's never happened for me you know in my whole career um I've always sort of you know, been incredibly lucky and done great things, but then, you know, been working at the pub again or waitressing or doing something else. Um, I mean, the funny thing was that that role came out of, uh, I had done some workshops in Poland with this great, amazing theatre company called Theatre Piss in Kozwa, and I'd worked with a woman there and she knew uh, this uh, director and said, oh, you should... uh, you should get this girl into audition for the show he was doing and that was um you know the smiths the the, the band the smiths they were doing a musical oh, yeah. of of uh more like an well it was an opera there was no there was no text involved in it but um they were doing that show and i auditioned for that and got a role in that and then after that uh, the Andrew, the director, um, was also directing the tour of Mamma Mia. So he got me in for that. So it the kind of bizarre sort of way that things work out, you know, like you wouldn't have thought doing a sort of very physical theater, um, you know, uh, experience in Poland would lead me to like <laughs> a huge commercial, um, <laughs> Western musical. Uh, so I, I'm always interested in those connections. I think, you know, I think they're kind of amazing um, when when you look at your when you look at life in that way. You were recently in one of uh, my favorite pieces, um, "Girl from the North Country," mm-hmm. uh, play Elizabeth Lane, right? And can you talk about that experience working with Connor McPherson um, doing this gorgeous? 
Bob Dylan musical, I feel like I heard those songs for the first time, especially hearing hearing you sing Like a Rolling Stone. I just mm. love that rendition so much. But mm. when, when you heard about Girl from the North Country, what went through your mind? What was that experience like? Because, <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, uh, I, I watched the show um, when it was on at the Old Vic and then yeah. and then in the West End. And when my uh, I got a call from my agent saying, um, you know, they'd like to see you. And I was thinking, <laughs> for who? <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't think there was a role in it for, for, for me. Um, and uh, they said, well, for Elizabeth, I was thinking, oh, that's uh, okay. That's an unusual, but um, my God, yes. I'd love to give that a try. You know, what a brilliant, you know, opportunity to, you know, sit down in front of Connor and to, um, to, to, to audition for him with that role. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's amazing. You know, he really is amazing. He gives you an extraordinary amount of freedom. Um, and his, and his direction is so spot on, but also so slight of hand that he makes you feel like, you know, you're coming up with things yourself, but actually I'm sure that it's, you know, it's all part of his sort of plan. Um, but he, he does, he gives you a lot of freedom as an actor. And I felt that immediately, uh, in the audition in the room, I felt very at ease, you know, and felt like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, what comes to me in this moment. Um, I, and I've always, you know, I've always loved Dylan. I've always been a massive fan of Dylan. And um, I, you know, very much um, his versions of the songs were in my heart whilst yeah. doing that that show, definitely. And Simon Hale, who did the arrangements, is just uh, an utter genius. Um, and he, you know, uh, in London, you know, uh, in, in, the, in our version of it, um, you know, being in the room and and uh, being able to like experience like uh, I don't know all these incredible voices just sort of singing at you. It's a, it's a really it's an intense experience. It's yeah. I, I'm glad that you that you love the piece so much. I mean, it's yeah, it was a joy to do, and and actually even more so at the moment. I feel like uh, just having had the experience of that. Um, I feel very lucky. Feel very lucky to have to have had that experience. He really is a poet, and and his words, and then mixed with your, the the musical arrangements, it's it's a visceral experience. And I was able to see it at both the public and on Broadway, um, and also the ensemble work is magnificent. Uh, and yeah. I, I remember hearing from my friends who saw it in the UK, how special it was. What do you love about Elizabeth? God, she's so complex. She's, a, complex. she's so complex. And, uh, oh, I mean, I mean, I love, I love her, her honesty. I love the fact that she can, she can sniff out a good one and a bad one. You know, she's <laughs> like, she, she, she just knows she just knows, and it's so sort of deep within her that um, uh, you know she that she can suss that out in people. Um, 
I love her freedom. And I think, um, you know, I, I think I, I remember saying at the time, like I've, I've never felt so free and so afraid in the same breath being on stage. Like it, it, it was, an, it, you know, really challenging. Um, but in that way as well, really, um, I learned a lot, you know, I learned an awful lot doing that. Yeah. Not to sound too hippy-dippy, but she's almost like the seer, <laughs> you know, like yeah. she's like this moral center of it, of all this chaos that's going on in this boarding house, a very complicated time, you know, during the Great Depression. Mm. Um, and uh, there's and so that much- last speech, you know, like, and, 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 and I remember when I, when I watched it just being so utterly moved by that speech, um, and, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, express that sort of almost bizarre third person, you know, um, you know, uh, in fact, they talked about it uh, in rehearsals as it's sort of like Nick's song because Nick doesn't get to sing. He doesn't get a song. But yeah. through her, um, through this speech, you kind of he has some kind of release. You know, he has a... Um, that all that pent up energy that he carries throughout uh, those experiences that he's not able to um, express through song like everybody else is in the play um, is sort of done through that speech, which I really love. Uh, it's beautiful. And what about because your parents, you just said, are musicians and are artists, did that inform the piece for you or help you kind of navigate your way through or? give you even more of a special connection to the music of Bob Dylan? Um, uh, yeah, I, su- I suppose, yes, that the answer is yes to that. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think it's really hard to, uh, you know, to put into words like yeah. what having that upbringing, you know, has has done for me in terms of my connection to to a lot of the, the pieces that I've done. Um, uh, with the with beautiful the Carol King mu- musical as well, you know, being, yeah. you know, having been absorbed, you know, having that sort of musical um, education as as a kid, I think is it has been invaluable. Yeah. Did you did you grow up going on tour and and um, what was that like? You went know, having yeah. They didn't. Well, yeah, interestingly, that wasn't, uh, I mean, you know, there was like buggies in the wings at concerts and things. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, there wasn't a lot and I'm kind of, you know, that's, uh, there wasn't a lot of moving around for my parents because when, um, when they decided to have kids, they kind of like, uh, they became teachers as well. So it's like, they, they do more music now when when we got older they 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 went they kind of locked back into to doing their music but um they sort of became teachers whilst me and my sister were growing up so there wasn't like much moving around um but I do remember when we were kids the thing that I was sort of like another lightning bolt moment I suppose but when we were kids we used to go to we used to camp in France and we used to take like guitars and things and you know, sit out and sing together and make this lovely sort of family harmonizing sound. Um, And that was something 
very special um, growing up, but also like the songs we used to listen to in the car have a very deep sort of, they resonate very deep with me. And I used to have these sort of uh, like, you know, these fantasies as that like I was singing the songs that were, that were being played and, and that, um, you know, interestingly, because I mean, it's a long way of saying people have said to me, like, why, you know, how did you, why musical theater? You must be very passionate about musical theater and, you know, you've done a lot of it. And I never thought that I was really interested in musical theater necessarily. But when I think back to those times, like I was creating this sort of imaginative world where I was singing to like the boy I liked, or, you know, I was like being heroic in a moment. And, and, and that feels to me very musical theater, bizarrely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your storytelling. Do you remember, if you did? If you don't, don't worry, but do you remember some of the things you sang in the car or around the campfire? <laughs> well, <laughs> or was um, it their material? So... Uh, we used to sing around the campfire. We used to sing things like, um, uh, like Buddy Holly songs and stuff. Yeah. But um, in the car, we they used to play like the Juds and <laughs> or, I know and Hall and Oates and things like that. So like really, and Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin, but not necessarily the kind of Bob Dylan, Carol King stuff. It was like quite different uh, vibe in the car. So yeah, it would be like the Juds and and. and and like whether whatever you think of the Juds, like they're like mini stories, those songs yeah. and uh, you know those country songs. Great. So yeah. I suppose I had that kind of uh, those little stories running through my head um, as a kid in the back of the car there in France. So um, I think that um, as a little explanation, even to myself, of why uh, musical theatre has you know has been in my life. And I love that you played Carol King. Is there something you remember about your your dealings with Carol King? Or- oh well, I mean, uh, she, so I said very very early on to the cast and crew and everyone, I was like, if Carol King ever comes to see the show, I don't want to know. Like because you cannot be on stage and play someone who's sitting in the audience that to me is just um, my brain would be you know ticking over with anxiety so um I said I never want to know when she's in and uh you know kudos to everyone because opening night comes around and um I didn't know but she was in the audience 
And bear in mind, this is press night, which is in the UK is like everyone comes at once. It's, you know, it's the most <laughs> horrible night ever. And, um, and uh, my friend Lorna, who played, uh, who brilliantly played um, Cynthia Weil, who who won an Olivier for her performance. Um, she said to me in the dressing room just before she said, uh, have you have you, uh, have you looked on Twitter at all? And I was like, no, it's uh, five minutes to the show. Why would I go on Twitter? And she was like, oh, good, 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 good. Unbeknownst <laughs> 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 to me, obviously, she didn't want me to see that Twitter had blown up because Carol King was in, in the building. So, um, so yeah, my overriding memory anyway of, of, of meeting Carol King was, uh, after the bows of our opening night, she comes up on stage and, uh, sings a bit of You Got a Friend, which was, uh, I mean, mind blowing, um, experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, totally, totally brilliant. So, so glad I didn't know she was in It's too much <laughs> pressure a press night anyway. So, you know, don't need that added pressure. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of. Pre- is there something, if if uh, if it's too personal, I understand. Is there something she told you that really resonates with you or sticks out? Or I can't even imagine being Carol King <laughs> and and seeing that the because pe- I've heard I I heard that when it opened on Broadway that it was just too painful and it took her a while to finally see the whole thing through that she saw a rehearsal. Yeah, the first act and then had to leave because I can't, can't yeah, even that's, imagine. That's totally understandable. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. couldn't imagine, I mean, nobody would want to do a play in my life, but I mean, I couldn't <laughs> imagine sitting through something, you know, that, that is, is essentially you, your life when you were 16 to 28. You know, that's, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's a bizarre experience, I imagine. Um I mean, she said she said some really cool stuff, and and uh, you know we had we had a chat. I mean, we we didn't have a, like a long chat or anything, but um, I do remember I do remember her saying, uh, "You know, you know how I love my cats." And I was like, "Oh, cats!" I was thinking she has a cat. Does she mean? she mean her cat that she has? And actually she meant obviously her musicians. <laughs> and what she was saying to me was a bit of advice for, for on stage, where she was like, just show them a little bit more love in the, in the scenes, um, which I kind of thought was brilliant because it's such a subtle thing for her to pick up on. Um, that kind of small, like on stage, like nods to the bass player and nods to the band and really feeling it. And, I just, I just thought that was such a great thing to say. It's funny because when you first said cat, I was thinking, or cats, I was thinking of tapestry and that yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. <laughs> They're in the windowsill. Yeah. It's sort of another word for musicians, I think. Yeah. Of the, in yeah, the 60s. I love that. So, so lovely. But yeah, she and, was great. Now for something really different, the movie, <laughs> so A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, uh, it's available to be streamed. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime here in the States. Can you talk about that experience? Oh, boy. Talk about yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's hard to like sort of truncate like how that came yeah. about. But um, basically, uh, I'm, I'm friends with a couple of geniuses uh poppy rowan Stanton's cousin was rowan they are uh they are a um, married couple and um we've been friends for a long 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 time 
And uh, we made a short film together that Staten wrote and uh, they uh, we filmed the whole thing in their little flat at the time they were living um, in Charlton. They had this little flat. We filmed the whole thing in there. Um, and that was called This Way Out, which is actually like totally free now online if you can find it. Um, it's a great little film. And I wrote the credits music and the music at the end as well, just as a little thing there. But um yeah, uh, so that happened. And then Staten always wanted to write uh, like a feature and um, he's a brilliant, brilliant filmmaker. But there's something about the amazing sort of ingenuity and uh, like uh, tenacity of the two of them together. Um, they're quite a, a team. <laughs> and so they came up with uh, Serial Killer's Guide to Life, which is basically about a woman uh, called Lou, who I play, who is uh, sort of downtrodden. Um, it's sort of, I think she has uh, like arrested development and um, she's obsessed with self-help and she lives in this sort of little seaside town and she's really, um, you know, squashed by her mother and, and she does still lives with her mom and stuff. And um, she, meet, she meets this life coach um, called Val um, but unbeknownst to her, Val is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you've seen you've seen the film. Yes. So, um, yes. so, yeah, I mean, it's we filmed it in two weeks. Two weeks. Two we weeks? Up. Yeah. Wow. And uh, we kick-started the money um, and uh, it was an amazing success, the Kickstarter can campaign, and I have – so many people to thank for that for putting their their money in and for believing in the project um it was really amazing you're really on the edge of your seat throughout because you don't know what's going to happen next it's so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's terrifying but also it's it there's this element you're you're very invested in these characters and I was just rooting for Lou. And I don't want to give it away, but it's really fascinating to see her transformation and this sort of epic buddy pick picture-esqueness. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than than working with your your friends on something like that. I mean, it it, te it tests your friendships, but it's like amazing. It's um and and to to have something written with with you in mind or with you playing the character in mind is like amazing. I've never had that experience before. Um, are you are you a fan of the genre? I mean, it's even hard to put it into a genre. I know I've seen it described as a you know a thriller or horror, but it's not your. It's more well. There's a. It's not your sort of run-of-the-mill horror picture. It's really in a class by itself, I would say. Uh, yeah, well, that's nice, nice of you to say. I, I mean, I think so too. I think it defies genre. And I actually think, like, mm. Girl from the North Country defies genre as well. But And, yes. I, and I happen to think that, like, uh, I don't know, art that defies genre is um, – it's hard to get made <laughs> um but when it when it does it's like so refreshing and um i know that staten certainly wanted to keep his vision with it which is why it was kind of mostly f uh funded by um 
you know, it, 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 there, no one, you know, had a big producer hold over it. It was um, very much, like I say, funded by Kickstarter and self-funded. And I think that's really important if you've got a strong vision that doesn't fit a specific genre um, because people are so interested in putting stuff in boxes to be able to sort of sell it, I suppose, um, that sometimes it's difficult to get that stuff made. You know, another genre-defying piece, Daddy, look at that piece and how Mm. completely original that is. What do you remember about or what stands out about working with Jeremy O'Harris? Oh my gosh! Um, I mean, he's just extraordinary. I I could listen to him talk for hours. I just love the way he speaks, and um, yeah, he's just got an extraordinary brain, really. Um, and he's very kind, and uh, and very supportive. Uh, and yeah, we're well, wonderful to be in the room with him. I, I, like I say, I'm gutted that, um, so far, you know, we've not been able to do it. And I, I, like I say, yes. I know there's hope that, that, that we will be able to, um, but yeah, I'm always, I just so interested in working with, uh, people, interesting people with visions, you know, and I, I'm just like, yeah, I'll jump on board. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I just, you know, jump on board other people's, um, brilliant, uh, ideas, basically, if I can. <laughs> I love that. And what about working in the U.S.? Because you've worked in the U.S. as well. Um, what What do you like about coming here and working in the oh, United States? Just, I mean, I really love um, just meeting people from different places. I, I'm just, I love it. Just different ways of life, different ways of being. Um, I, you know, in a way, I don't think the artistic industries are that different in America to here. Um, I think the people that I've met are challenging and pushing boundaries. And um, and uh, I, I see that wherever I work, really. Is it, do you, Did you grow up going to the States or do you remember one of the first trips you took here? And uh, no, I'd, I'd never, I'd never been to the States. Um, I went, uh, I went for a holiday with some friends um, years ago. And I remember, <laughs> I want to remember the one of the biggest cultural differences was because I was working at a bar at the time in, in London. And I remember we went for New Year's Eve. And I remember going to a, a like a, a bar, like the cellar bar or something like that. I think it was called in, in, in downtown, I think it was downtown New York. But anyway, I remember looking around, uh, like halfway through the night and there were just dollar bills on the, on the cat, on the counter, you know, on the bar. Um, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Cause obviously working as a, as a, a, a bar person in London, you get like a, maybe a pound tip if you're lucky, you know, um, every shift <laughs> so there was this, this bar full of like notes I couldn't like I couldn't quite get my head around it so that was like the biggest cultural difference for me um when I first went to New York but no I oh I love I mean I love New York I, I love the vibe of New York and um obviously it's just really sad at the moment that um, we're all going through this but I 
I hope one day to go back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll travel again. I know yeah. we will. Yeah. And and what about you said you were writing music during this time? I know you're a musician and a songwriter and what does that give you? Oh, oh I mean I, I you know, speaking to my my boyfriend the other day and he said that when we met, I said my two passions are are writing music and acting and and apparently I said at the time I couldn't be without either. Um, but I realized I haven't really written music in a while. Um, and it is, it's a great passion of mine. And it's, it, you know, it's kind of amazing to be afforded the time to just sit, you know, just sit with an instrument and see what happens. So I've been doing that, but it's mostly sort of for my own sanity. It's not really, um, you know, I don't want to say it's a hobby, but it's, it's sort of keeping me sane. Um, and I put, you know, I put something out there on Instagram the other day and I'm not used to doing that. So maybe this is me getting, you know, better at that. And maybe I'll put more of my music out there. We'll see. Dippy, your to- how would you describe your music? Or is it, I get hard to, <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> genre define. <laughs> genre, genre defying. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's that, but I, but I guess I'm so influenced by so many different styles of music that it would be hard for me to say exactly what it was the song that I put out there feels really folky um but um but equally I've written things that aren't so I don't know I mean I think it just is what it wants to be in the moment I wanted to ask you about the spoils Jesse Eisenberg's play he talked what was the joy of working on the spoils with Jesse Oh, I mean, I'd say that's one of my favorite experiences actually as an actor because, um, well, Jesse Eisenberg is amazing. He's an amazing actor, writer, again, very generous um, and and kind and very open to like, you know, I kind of thought, oh no, you know, what happens when you're on stage with the writer? Does that mean you have to like actually do the words and (laughs) get it right? And um, but actually it made for such a playful uh, experience. Um, Him, you know, being the writer and on stage um, gave us a lot of freedom, you know, so, so playful and um, so, you know, so enjoys, you know, for want of a better word, just enjoys acting, enjoys, you know, working with people. And um, it it really was a joy to do that show every night. And it felt so real and sort of so fly on the wall. And especially in the small, lovely venue of the Trafalgar Studios, um, which is so intimate. Yeah, it was just great to do that show. And one thing you said was that it's, you always, you thought, that maybe working with a playwright, you say their words and then acting with them might be might be challenging, but it it wasn't the case in terms of having their words be precious, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, he never felt like he was precious about anything, but obviously you wanted to you wanted to get it right because it's so brilliantly written. But the sort of like naturalization of the text, I suppose, if that's a word, um, you know, the ums and the ahs and the kind of like, um, like just what I did then, uh, 
he, you know, he was very open to that sort of thing. And I love that. Like I, I love really sort of very real naturalistic, um, uh, plays when I go and when I, as an audience member, I, I love things like, um, I don't know if you saw downstate for example, but, um, like a play like that, that's set in one room, sort of almost real time. Um, I find, I find that thrilling as an audience member. Well, Katie, <laughs> you've just been so wonderful. I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much and have a lovely day. You too. Every day when lightning strikes the moment you know. The theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore, and the talent was booked by Anna Strauss. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.